Hey, Zach, you uh, feeling any better? No, but I'm going to push through it. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because it's like the final world of Super Mario Bros. 2, so. Oh, thank God. I mean, no. Welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games. And as we mentioned, we're finishing off Super Mario 2 today. Finally. Thank goodness. I don't know if I could keep going and keep my sanity <laughs> intact. Yeah, it's it's a good timing that we're finishing this. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, actually ever seen the ending of this game. No? I feel like it's no. pretty ubiquitous online. Yeah. Yeah, I've that's seen fair. it online, I guess. But I've never oh, that's played fair. It. Uh, that's fair. Getting through it to yourself is completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about it by just kind of diving right into it. 7-1. Yeah. Um, and we start off, honestly, with a pretty surprisingly clever mechanic. Well, I mean, for, for this game, at least. Um, <laughs> of using the breakable walls that they've had before as floors yeah. and combining that with those walking bombs that we've seen before. Yeah. Recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for a good start to a final world. Yeah. I mean, we already know how exactly it's a good difficulty increase because we've already encountered how those blocks react and we know what the bombs will do. So it's already in the back of our mind what's going to happen if we let the situation play out as is. Right. So it is explained and conveyed from the previous levels what will happen when combining these two elements. So, I mean, it's it's clever in that way. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. again, it's not like the most clever thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, this, again, like World 7 definitely is a lot more clever than the rest of the game. They had a lot more... I think they had a lot more time to focus on it yeah, mainly because it, it only like has well it also only has two worlds as opposed to the normal which is three mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they i think they were trying to like fit a lot more into these and try to make it more like a gauntlet and like yeah. a culmination of everything that you have experienced up to this point classic i mean yeah that's a good way to end a game it, it's kind of teaching you or testing you moreover like on what you have learned up to that point assuming that the teaching up to that point has been effective. Yeah. Which in <laughs> which in parts it has been better than others, if I'm being honest. And if I'm being, like, truthful, like, some of it's been shit. Yeah. I know why. Uh, can't be perfect. No. I mean, what's the point of sugarcoating it? Sometimes you fuck up. It yeah. happens. But, I mean, I do like the mechanic here. So I think it's a a good a good uh, start a strong start to seven dash one, but granted we're not too far into the world and I'm already just it's not clear at all how to progress past a certain point, right? Um, like there's not even yeah. a hint or anything telling you what yeah. to do. Yeah. Like you scroll all the way right to go to a hut and then there's like some shit in the hut. Uh, you get, like, a potion and whatever and some coins. But there's no clear progression from that. 
Yeah, it's like, then what? So, so yeah, it's like, I, sorry, I just went all the way right, um, but then went through this door, what am I doing? Like, what's going on? Yeah. At least in, like, the previous areas where they have secret areas, they make the initial area that you're exploring pretty short to kind of indicate that this is not where you need to be. Yeah. But this was like a full, like, little platforming segment with another door leading to another area. I know. So you're going to infer that you're on the right track by going in there, and you're yeah. going to be like, well, what dead. the frick do I do? Yeah, dead end. Exactly. You think it's a dead end, and you're like, well, fuck. But you wouldn't think to jump to go out of there, jump onto one of the flying enemies, and fly all the way back to where you started past the starting point, which, again, if you look off past the, in the distance at the beginning, you still can't see any indication that that's the way you're supposed to go. Unless, yeah, you, unless you physically jump off that edge and hope that something's there, and then you might notice that there is some uh, architecture over there to indicate that there's something over there. But then you've wasted a life, and it's like, that's not how you're supposed to convey a, a concept. No, not at all. That's just dumb luck. That's, like, a very, like, typical thing this game seems to do. Yeah, right? It's just, like, they're not really good in directing you and where they want you to go sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's like they. It's like when the, you have... How can I point this? It's like someone who makes a puzzle, and then they know the exact way to mm-hmm. finish that puzzle because they made it. But they never really thought of somebody who has no clue how yeah. they might put those pieces together. It's a very good comparison. So yeah, like I've had that. I've seen that a dozen times. Just not with like not just with video games, but with other things too. Like yeah. every like teaching in general. You ever been to like you know what's a really a teaching in general? Obviously, that's a that's a great comparison actually. But I was gonna make um, more of a, I guess a more. 2018 2017 reference um escape rooms (laughs) yes so escape rooms are the one of the biggest physical culprits i say physical because it's a physical space you're playing in um Mm. of this exact problem because there's one guy or maybe like a group of them who decided this is how you're going to progress to complete the room but a lot of the time it's really not intuitive. Yeah. It, they think it is, but if, like, any random Joe or Sally walked in, it's like, how am I supposed to know that I was supposed to combine the golden chalice with the fucking rug? Like, what? <laughs> what would make no, me think like that? Yeah, you just have to just try every single combination of every single thing ever. Like Exactly. No. It's like the situation in like adventure games where you get an item and you go talk to everybody. It's like, do you want this fish? Yeah. <laughs> do you want this fish? Do, do you want this fish? Nobody wants the fish. But yeah, it's it's kind of like that. Do you agree? I do agree. Okay. Um anyway, I think we should keep moving on. Yeah. Um uh, but Paul, I want to Paul, I want your opinion. What do you think? I concur. That was actually a really deep and nuanced opinion. I really appreciate your insight. Mm. Thank uh-huh. you, sir. See, I'm trying to be nicer to you. 
See, did I do a good job? Let's get crazy. All right, well, you know, I'll take that as a we're working on it. <laughs> anyway, so you descend through the clouds by having uh, absolutely no room to jump and, you know, dodge incoming enemies here, uh, mm. which makes it pretty annoying. Considering if you want to dodge anything, it's just going to take you back to where you started. Yeah. Because the the platforms are so tightly knit together. Yeah. So it forces you to walk back and forth and hope that the enemy doesn't hit you. Because again, like, if you're hit while having more than two hearts, it pushes you up and backwards, right? Yeah. So that refractory movement of getting hit while you're in that situation of having the really closely interconnected platforms will also just set you all the way back because it's ostensibly a jump. Yeah. Uh, that is annoying. So it's not even like, well, we can power through it by just kind of tanking damage. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> There's no, you have to just be incredibly patient. Yeah. And I'm not really the, good at that. Get the star if you can. Like that'll help. Yeah, get the sure. star if you can. There are a bunch of there are a bunch of cherries, but make sure the star spawns in an area that you can actually get to. Unlike yeah. myself, where I spawned on the far right side of the screen, well, way <laughs> off in the distance. I mean, then like a last kick in the balls here is you're at the end of this maze. If you miss time one jump, it takes you yeah. all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, and it's like. Even harder at the end there. Exactly, because they have the things... It's just... Ugh. It doesn't even, it's not even challenging at that point. It's just a test of your patience. <laughs> patience and, like, super skill. Super skill. I mean, it's, I think it's just... If, if your super skill is super patience, then yeah. Yeah. You can't even dodge. You can't pick things up. You just have to walk very slowly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't think it's the best, but it's not the worst I've seen. So yeah. I guess I'm giving it a solid meh. For this game, it's standard. Standards, standard. I wish it wasn't, though. God damn it. Why didn't they just... Release the regular Super Mario 2 here. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's uh, a completely different problem. Um, you want to take a quick, we'll take a little quick break because I'm looking yeah. at the time and we talked for a it. bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're not going to have three worlds. So let's take a quick, quick break. All right.
right, let's finish up World Seven Dash One. Yes. Um, the next section that we're, almost there. We're so close. The next section that we're getting into is uh, climbing with the sparks floating around. Um, oh, again, you know my feelings on the vertical stages, so I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to reopen that wound. But um, you need to. There is a, there is a nice little bit of difficulty increase with um, where you need to actually create this mushroom tower to basically proceed and keep going. But by creating that tower, you release another spark, which makes it a little more difficult to proceed. Mm-hmm. Which again is a good little mechanic there to kind of naturally like you see how this will progress and how you need to progress. So. It's a pretty good way of vertically moving up and making it a little more challenging. Even if I think that vertical movement is the devil in this game. Yeah. It's not the worst thing they could have done. The worst thing they could have done is put Birdo as the goddamn boss again. <laughs> which they did. Uh, uh, and then the worst... One last... Not even last. One, one last kick to the nuts. Actually, you're yeah. right. It's not one last kick to the nuts. <laughs> but let's we'll hold off on that. But yeah. you know, it's so weird that I that happened to me while I was playing. If it happened to me, it must have happened to somebody else. Um, after I took down Birdo, um, I had to go off screen to get down to the gate to exit. Okay. But then going back on screen with the Birdo, um, it respawned. Really? Like he came <laughs> back. Like, the gate was still open, and I could just leave, but it respawned. That's really funny. So there's just another Birdo that's up there. That's, that's, that's a good glitch. That's so weird. It's just like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, the bosses can respawn. Question, if we could feasibly, like, go off screen for the other bosses, do they respawn too? Yeah, it is a good question. Or is it just this one time that they like left out some coding or something? Maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to go back and try it out. But again, I'm not that big of a masochist, so never mind. I'm not actually going to go back and do it. <laughs> but it is just one heck, one heck of an oversight. Yeah. Because people might be like, what? Why would you come back? And then some people who are just overly keen to be like i'll take it down again even though i could exit and whatever i'm a keener what happens if you take it down again does the like you get another ball thing (laughs) the the gate closes and reopens again (laughs) it just shuts its mouth and then like oh i'm opening again (laughs) (laughs) you have given me two crystals you may skip to the end of the game okay bye (laughs) that'd be pretty nice yeah. Anyway, that's the end of seven dash one. I think I think again we can take a little little short break there. Paul, can you yeah. can you hook us up, buddy?
Final world. Final world. Final world. Final world. Seven dash two. Jerem, you came to see see us off in our final He's level. Back. Hey, Jerem. Feels like it's been a while. Where have you been, buddy? You found wow. a race. You found a race of sentient clarinets and became their king. How did you? How did? How did that happen? Oh, just by accident. Okay, cool. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, we're wow. in the presence of royalty, Joey. Yeah, I know. No, I'm. I don't really feel like bowing. No. How about I like? How about I symbolically bow? Jeez. Okay. I'm, I'm bowing. Bowing. Jesus. Okay. Gosh. You've gotten this power's gone to your head. I know. He's like a dick now. Man, Jerem. Maybe maybe go to like a humbling planet or something. <laughs> Yeah, you go do that, Jerem. Or how about? What if I gave you some of my humble pie? You want? Do you eat pie? Okay, yeah. Just put put your face here, and then just into like your blowhole, I guess. What did you think? Whoa. Oh shit! I think he just like yeah. pied off into the goddamn pie dimension. Okay, that was, but that was great. Good but, stuff. But, bye, Jerem. Wow! Holy shit! He fucking flew off. <laughs> I didn't know recorders could fly. I I mean I didn't know they could become kings either. But you know what? We're learning new things today. <laughs> or that they could eat actual pie. Are we sure Jerem is an actual recorder? <laughs> Maybe it's just a person who has a really weird mannerism for speaking. Either that'd way, be, that'd be an interesting wh- person. What are we talking about? Uh, the last level that, of Super Mario World Two. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about Seven Two. So, yes. why in the name of Jerem would you make the last level in the game a vertical exploratory level? <laughs> why would you do that to me? Why you do I mean, this? Why you do this? Why why you do this? It's, oh. But it's just it, uh, there's so many different there's two different ways that you could approach this feasibly. There's an upper path and a lower path. Either mm-hmm. way, you're still vertically exploring most of it. Um, but it also has this castle has friggin' red herrings that take you off into the middle of nowhere to give you like a health up, but then you have to go back through a gauntlet of enemies to get back on the actual main path. Yeah. It's just there to waste lives that you've accumulated over the goddamn course of this game. Yeah, imagine you, like, die right now. That'd be oh. the worst. Oh my god, if you die on 7-2, I think you might throw your console out the window. <laughs> 
But I, I mean, like, it's just a bullshit way to kind of cull down the amount of extra lives that a player might have by kind of sending them off into locations that they should not necessarily be going to. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, it's dumb, man. It's dumb. Because even if you're stuck... Even if you die in the area that you're stuck in, you're still stuck in that area because you respawn there and you have to exit it. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. dumb. And as I mentioned before, there are... Multiple ways that you can actually progress through here. There's the upper path, which features moving floors, spark jumping, and a dead end. Lots of dead ends. There actually is is more than just the dead end. There's the way (laughs) forward. But there is also a dead end. Um, The lower path... This game is... uh, This game is a dead end. Um... There is a lower path, again, that has mushroom blocks. Spark patrol, as I'm calling it. Um... Chain climbing... And moving floors and enemies and dead ends. Yep. More of that shit. So the upper path is a little... Yeah, the upper path is a little shorter, but it's a bit harder. The lower path is a little bit easier, but it's a bit longer. Yeah. Either way... It's a a pretty long long level. It is a pretty long level. It's more like a... It's the most maze-like level that we've seen Mm -hmm. to this point. It's very open-ended and where you have to go. But either yeah. way, you end up, again, fighting another fucking Birdo. <laughs> it's like... You have to. It's never-ending. You can't even skip this because it's got the key to progress forward. Yeah. Like, what? The other one you could kind of skip. Yeah. Jeez and, jeez and crow. Like, why? Why did they have such a boner for Birdo? <laughs> it's everywhere. Boner for Birdo. Like, I, they're so proud of it. it it's just... Why were you so proud of this one enemy that you put it everywhere? <laughs> like, it's not even that cool. I mean, initially it is. But, like, was that the best idea that you came up with? Yeah, it's all right. It's like, okay. <sighs> um, I don't know. It's just, it's such a crutch at some points. It's like, mm. they're like, I don't know what to put at the end of the stage. Fuck it, put a birdo. Who cares? We have to ship this game out now. <laughs> the dumb Americans won't know anything. Now don't take that personally, America. That's what Japan thought when they made this game for you. <laughs> That's why they didn't give you the original Mario, because they thought it'd be too hard. And that yeah. is complete truth. Uh-huh. And it was too hard. It was very hard, but maybe we'll talk about that in another segment. Yeah. Um... But then you get through here, and the you're about to go through like one of those hawk gates, and then holy shit, it starts to attack you. Yes, it's, that is funny. That came out of nowhere, <laughs> just like a floating hawk head. It's just so random. It's just a, it is just a floating hawk head, just chasing after you <laughs> like a goddamn phanto. Literally, there's no difference between how the Phanto and the Mass Gate act. Yeah. The exact same way. But, funnily enough, there is a very short internet backstory. Internet backstory. Ooh. So, the Mass Gates, also known simply as masks or bird faces, are eagle gates found at the end of each world. Uh, But, you already know all that. But a 
fun little fact. If you don't enter the gate after you have stunned it sufficiently at the end of this fight, it'll actually reanimate itself and start moving again. So not only do you have to take it down, but you gotta jump in the mouth quickly. But again, yeah. when it's not attached to a wall, it looks kind of weird just jumping into a decapitated head. <laughs> that's not written down. That is just my editorial, my editorial yeah, piece. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, but in our favorite Super Mario manga, Super Mario Kun, uh, this mask gate is similar to the one near Ward's Castle since it attacks Mario when it tries to enter through it. Um, as in the games, you have to throw a mushroom block at it and they enter the castle. Uh, fun fact, the design of the mask is different in Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic, where it is more similar to a Fanto or the smaller masks that were replaced by mushroom blocks. And there's a picture here. Paul, put up the visual picture that we can totally do. Doctor, everything will be all right. Make everything go wrong. Yep, that's exactly what I expected. That wasn't a picture. That's 100% what I expected you to do. Thank you, Paul. You are most welcome. (laughs) That's all I got for this little internet backstory here. Internet backstory. But we're going to go right into the final, final fight here. Yeah, because that's what is next. Yes, you got to fight. What? And you didn't catch what, what? I said. It's what? Let me try it one what? more time. Wart. It's wart. Like okay. that thing on the bottom it's of your foot. It's not even Bowser. Like, what the hell? I know, but this game is basically non-canonical. Yeah. This is... This is non-canonical Mario Brothers. I actually don't believe that it is part of the canon. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about this fight. Um, okay. Where he uses his most devastating attack of shooting bubbles. <laughs> oh my god. And combined with his penultimate move of walking back and forth very slowly. It's like easier than Birdo. It's so dumb. (laughs) The thing that makes this fight hard is timing the hits. Because most of them, you just hit them in the body whenever you want, and you take them down. But this one, if you Mm -hmm. hit him, it does nothing. The only time you can hit him is when his mouth is open. But there's a very short time limit from when his mouth is open to when he starts shooting bubbles. There's maybe a 0.5 second delay between mouth open and bubbles out. Yeah. And there's no point what after... What you gotta do is go jump behind him. You gotta jump behind him? Yeah. Tell me the secret strategy. Tell our viewers the secret strategy. Jump behind him. When he's shooting the bubbles, you hit him, and the bubbles won't hit you because you're behind him. But then you gotta come jump back out. Ooh, it's a smart move. Yeah. Okay, it's just like a risky game. Risky business. Yeah, it's a it's an intermediate move. Intermediate business. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you could feasibly approach this fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to just kind of throw the vegetables into his open gaping maw. Um, yeah. To make sure that he chokes to death on vegetables. Again, I don't know what this game's trying to teach us. But, like, what? Vegetables are the enemy here that they can kill? They are the enemy. That you should, what? Like, only Stay eat away candy? From vegetables, kids. Yeah. Pro tip. 
<laughs> don't eat veg don't eat vegetables. They might kill you. <laughs> Only eat candy, kids. Listen to us. We have great teeth. Can't you see them? <laughs> Thank you, Paul, for making that visual representation an auditory one. But yes, it's he's a, he's the master. Um so yes, this this fight is hard, but in a way that's made hard by virtue of there not being a very large window of opportunity to hit the boss. Yeah. So it's not really a difficulty change. It's more of a window of opportunity change. Yeah, more of like still patience kind of thing. Yeah, like the bubbles aren't that devastating. And like that's about it. Like, once you kind of get the pattern of shooting five bubbles in five different spots, like, that's pretty easy to dodge. Eventually, you just got to kind of power through and learn the timing patterns, and you win. Yeah. But we got to do a little bit of internet backstory first. Internet backstory. Oh, yeah. So Ward, he is the most mischievous of all in the world of dreams. He created monsters by playing with the dream machine, which I have no idea what that is. But let's talk a little bit about more about this. Um, there is a quote here from Bort, and I will try and do it in a voice that I believe uh, portrays his might and devastating power. Um, <clears throat> I am Wart the Great! Ah! I felt like that was appropriate. Um, great. That is, was great. Thank you. So Ward um, is the leader of a gang known as the 8-Bits, and his major appearance centers around his efforts to conquer Subcon and the Land of Dreams. Um, in the original Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic, uh, his name is Mamu... And Mamu's true origins lie in a tale in the world of dreams. Moo World. That's M-U-U World. In the original storyline, Mamu had taken control of the Moo people's dream machine, producing monsters and mayhem. However, the Moo people knew his weakness to vegetables and used them to force a surrender, bringing back peace to the world. In the real world... The green-dressed monkey, Rusa, gives the storybook to the twins, Pokey and Peaky. Uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of the book, the twins quarrel and tear out the final page of the story, thus erasing the book's ending. Freed, Mamu pulls through the pages of the storybook and kidnaps the two children. The two kids pleaded for help, and Rusu hurries away. The family, which consists of Papa and Mama, and their son and daughter, Imogen and Lena, jumps through the storybook and embarks on a story to save the two children from Mamu's reign. Um, One by one, Mamu engages the family in battle in the Dream Factory. Um, Now this part's going to sound familiar. Mamu can spit five bubbles at the four heroes and can destroy the vegetable projectiles produced by the machine in the room. 
conventional attacks are ineffective against the tyrant. Uh, the family throws vegetables into the mouth when it's open, defeating him after four hits. Um, after Mamu's final defeat, the inhabitants are saved, completing the story. Um, in Super Mario Bros. 2, again, uh, it's a very similar story there. Um, honestly, I don't really need to rehash it because it's basically the same thing. So, I want to talk a little bit about his appearance and other things, such as the Super Mario com- some of the Super Mario comics. We have uh, one called Cloud Nine, where Wart made an appearance um, disguised as a bed salesman, abducts the Mushroom King, and also tries to flood the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, hmm. He also appears in another comic called The Stupid Bomb. And I'm, tr- I'm pronouncing it how it is written. D-U-H-S-T-O-O-P-I-D-B-O-M-B. Uh, Wart was briefly mentioned in this comic where his name is seen on a list of Wooster's list of people who think the Mushroom Kingdom is dumb. Um, in another comic, uh, Tanuki Suits Me, Wart uh, eventually reappears uh, in which Bowser plans to sell him a pieces of artwork that he had stolen from the Mushroom Kingdom's uh, Royal Art Gallery for a huge profit. However, a disguised Mario is stolen. Al- what? Okay, a disguised Mario is stolen alongside the artwork, and upon discovering the plot, manages to fool Ward into believing that the artwork is nothing more than worthless droplets of the Apook Corporation. Um, interesting. Um, uh, I don't quite know what to say to that. Um, okay. Yeah, that's honestly, there's a bit more here to talk about, but it's more just about his references in other games. Um, in the, uh, oh, you know what's funny? Word is set to appear as a spirit. In Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, so his his uh, legacy lives on. By the way, that that I believe released today. So if you're fucking playing that game right now while listening to this, yo, I hope you're having a great time. <laughs> and I'm probably playing it that too. Sounds like so a great time. I have a great time. By the way, that's the end of the internet backstory. Internet backstory. All right. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's the end of the game here, honestly. So you save the Subconians from their bottle imprisonment and watch as Wart is carried off to be butchered by the imprisoned Subconians in another room. Yeah. You see the highest, yeah, you see who the highest contributor is that you basically just play the most. And in the world's worst twist, it was all a dream. <laughs> I like the fact that they show you who you played the most. Yeah, it's like, yeah, who did you like playing as the most? Yeah, you know what my breakdown yeah. was? Two times. Uh, zero, 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 one. No, um, so I played as Luigi twice, Mario once, Princess Peach once, and Toad 18 times. <laughs> so I had a bit of a... Uh, I had a bit of a tendency towards mm-hmm. the little guy. 
But yeah, that's all we got for uh, Super Mario Two, honestly. And let's let's kind of close it out here by just kind of talking about what we thought. What, I'm gonna let you start. What did you think, man? I thought basically the same thing. I thought going into the game, this game is like pretty shit, <laughs> but it's still like kind of fun because it's Mario and it's like side scroller adventure, or whatever. Yeah. I would agree. And I, uh, yeah, I thought the later worlds were a lot better too. No, that's fair. Um, I would, which I'd never played before. So if I did play it, I'd like the game. I'd have this game more in my heart. That's fair. And I mean, um, I was, I, again, I think I was in a similar situation as you, uh, granted I was play. I was, um, very young when this game came out. Um, I didn't really get a lot of chance to play it when it first came out. So uh, the more that I really played it was when it came out actually in the Super Mario All-Stars pack um, on the Super Super Nintendo. Um, So that's where I really, I ended up playing it more so. And it looked a lot better there, obviously, because of the jump in graphics quality. But again, the game is basically the same. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I would agree with your assessment there. Honestly, I think that... Really, the problem, again, stems from the fact that this was not built from the ground up to be a Mario game. Right. This was clearly, That's very it. clearly, just a reskin of that other game. Mm-hmm. So that's why it just a lot of the things don't, not just don't jive with a normal Mario game, but don't just, they don't work as well. Because there's a lot of polish that you expect from a Mario game having, you know, the first game set such a high bar. And then, granted, I've, this game is still good, but it's not up to the same level as Mario. Yeah, right. Yeah. I agree. It's just, if this hadn't existed and just became a game, the Doki, Doki Panic game, it probably would have been a, a great, a good game in its own right. But because mm-hmm. it's tied to the Mario franchise, it has such high expectations. Yeah, that's right. If it went in with that no expectations, probably people would have loved it. Yeah, true. They would have been like, oh shit, this is a really cool concept for a game. This is like similar to Mario. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But like, exactly. I think it kind of was its own worst enemy by putting Mario on there. Right. Um, If they hadn't, I think it would have done a lot better. Um, Well. I mean, it did very good. It probably probably wouldn't have gotten these attention that it did no that probably would have been more well received yeah agreed i think it would have maybe not sold as well but you're right it would have been received a bit better by the public but yeah i think i think we've said everything we can say paul what do you think of the game are we gonna let the elevator bring us down oh no let's go go crazy okay that's a fair that's a fair point yeah all right, and with that, I think I'm going to give this game a out of. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're going to be starting off a new game come next week, and it's going to be more of a recent game. We haven't decided what it is yet, but if you guys have any suggestions about what you want us to play, feel free to let us know. We always love hearing from you. Uh, again, the way to best, best way to get in touch with us, again, just through our Gmail at it's the extreme at gmail.com. That's I T S T H E 
I-T-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com. That's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com. If you want to look at any, yes. any of our other stuff, you can just seriously go on to Google and type in It's the Extreme, all one word, and you'll find our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, our website, um, all that fun stuff. Um, so check it out if you got a few minutes. Cool. Anything you want to talk about, Joe? Or yeah, was, think we're good here? You covered it, man. That's good stuff. All right. Well, let's close the door on this chapter in gaming and just try and recover. <laughs> My goodness. I think next time uh, it will be a better experience. For all oh, of us. God. Here's hoping. I want to just like, lay on a beach for a day. <sighs> Paul, can you like can you play some beach music to to chill us out? Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.